Do you ever feel inadequate? Like a fraud? Like no matter what you do, it's just not enough? Like you're always on the verge of being found out? You may be wrestling with imposter syndrome, an excessive and unsubstantiated feeling of self-doubt coupled with an extreme lack of confidence. I'm your host, Betty Danowitz. Tune in as I interview highly successful individuals about their experience with this psychological phenomenon. In this If You Ask Betty podcast series, I have questions about imposter syndrome. Today's special guest is Heidi Kirby, Learning Solutions Manager at DataTrack International. Hi, Heidi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you today? Good. Good. Heidi, tell us about you. Oh, boy. Um, So, like you said, I'm Heidi Kirby. Professionally, um, I started my career as a college English teacher. And so I got an undergrad and a graduate degree in English and um, started teaching part-time at like three or four different schools in my area. And at that point, I went back to school for an education graduate degree because I was trying to become a full-time professor. But if any of you have ever worked in higher education, you know that being full-time, being tenure track especially, is super difficult, especially if you have to stay within your region and you don't have a PhD. Um, So I kind of pretty quickly gave up on that idea and decided to pursue something I had learned about in my education graduate program called instructional design. And I started a PhD program in instructional design like a crazy person when my son was six months old. And it started as kind of a personal goal. Um, And a couple semesters in, I was like, wait, I I was already doing all this when I was teaching college. So I took some time to kind of cater my resume and my portfolio more towards towards corporate instructional design and started networking with different people. And I was able to land my first instructional design job with NASA, of all things. So that was really awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I kind of went from organization to organization um, and pretty quickly realized that I'm not an artist. And I preferred kind of the project management side. Mm. So the personal PhD goal quickly became like a, no, I think I'm going to use this to become a leader in the field. And that's really kind of what I want to do. Um, Unfortunately, exactly a year ago in April, I was laid off due to COVID. Do you want me to keep going? Okay. Um, I was laid off a year ago due to COVID and they, it was really, it was pretty blindsiding for everybody. Um, You know, you just got a call in the afternoon saying that your position had been eliminated. Mm, So it was pretty terrible, uh, pretty crazy. And so I was able to find um, a contract position pretty quickly to, for a startup in my area and they were building a mobile LMS. And so I kind of got to see that on the back end and kind of got to lead their instructional design function. Um, I got to start a podcast as part of that. Um, so now I get to host an L&D podcast. And then I kind of leveraged that as a springboard for um, the current job that I have now that I just started in January. And I actually am managing a small learning and development team. So, and, and PhD program wise, I'm 
hopefully this time next year going to be defending my dissertation if all goes according to plan. <laughs> wow. So what's your dissertation on? Just curious. Sure. Um, so it is a qualitative study and I'm looking at the leadership competencies that instructional designers need to do their everyday job. Because I think that there's an opportunity for these different graduate degree programs to really focus on those and hone those because there are a lot of skills necessary to, especially if you're the only instructional designer or if your team is pretty small, um, there's a lot of, of project management, leadership, mm -hmm. communication pieces that go into that. That's a, a very applicable dissertation to your life and many others. <laughs> um, so that's, that's pretty cool. So, all right. So you've told us about some of your biggest accomplishments. What would others say about you as far as your accomplishments? What would they say are things that you have accomplished that they're impressed by? Hmm. I think that... I get the, I kind of have like the rap in my group of friends of like being the very type A, like if somebody is going to own their own business, it's going to be Heidi. Mm -hmm. But like, on the other hand, what's really nice is I kind of have like the, um, I don't, I don't know if you've ever played Jackbox. It's like totally. I have not played it, but I've heard of it. There's this game called Role Models, and it really lets you know what your friends think about you because it's kind of like this fun little superlative thing. And I always get the ones that are like, um, you know, owning your own business, like being um, success or die. But then on the other hand, I always get the ones that are like really philanthropical, like most likely to start their own volunteer organization, you know, so I, I kind of I feel like that's what people would say. And I kind of like that, even though I'm really type A, people still are like, but she has a good heart, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I'll have to play that. That sounds like a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. It has gotten us through COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. All right. So what has been your experience with imposter syndrome? So I was thinking about this since you kind of put out the bat signal to, to do these. Um, and it's really interesting to think about it and then to kind of see, I have a four-year-old son mm. and he is just so confident, right? Like if you've ever had, if you have kids or if you've met a kid, like we, we met one of our new neighbors and he was like, Oh, who's this? And we're like, Oh yeah, this is Henry. And he's like, I like a lot of things and I'm very smart. And I'm like, okay, awesome. <laughs> right. Like, you know, and that's just like his level of confidence. So when I'm trying to think back, I'm like, where, where does this start? And I feel like the obvious place where I don't have like a particular memory of it is like middle school. Right. Cause like mm. middle school sucks for everyone. I feel like mm -hmm. across the board, but the first time I really like remember like the feeling of dread of like true imposter syndrome was a senior high school, senior in high school AP Calc class. Hmm. And we had a test and I bombed it. I got an F. And so I'm sitting there with this paper on my desk and I'm like kind of, you know, kind of doing the side eye around to see like if anybody saw it, first of all, the big giant F on my paper. Mm -hmm. And like these are, my school was pretty small. These are people that I'd been in class with for 10 years. We kind of moved up 
through all the grades together. Yeah. And, you know, I should have been more kind of confident that it wouldn't have mattered if I failed. Right. But I just remember feeling that like deep sense of dread, like my mom and dad are going to kill me. Like I'm going to fail out of high school. I'm not going to graduate. And then come to find out, starting to look around, everybody else has the same exact look on their face. And as it turns out, we all failed and we were being graded on a curve and the tests were really hard on purpose. And the teacher kind of played us in that sense. Oh, that was rude. Yeah. <laughs> but that that's kind of like, that's my first real memory that I kind of tried to dig out of there of the imposter syndrome. Yeah. So do you still struggle with that? Do you still struggle with imposter syndrome? All the time. So <laughs> being laid off, that was a huge one, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I had just been promoted in December, actually. And so, you know, f- having four months later to have the tables completely turned and to have like the bottom dropped out from under me was just, and, and it coming out of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to find a new job? Um, do I have what it takes to find a new job? We're in the middle of a pandemic. What am I going to do? How am I going to make money? How am I going to, you know, help my family? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, cause my husband and I are pretty much a 50, 50 split. Like we both work and we both, and you know, I just, I remember when I found out the news, I like came out of the bedroom that I was in and I was like apologizing to my husband. He's like, do not apologize because I just felt like, oh my God, I'm letting our family down. Right. Yeah. Um, and then a few months after that, so like to add insult to injury, a few months after that, I failed my written comps for my PhD program the first time I took them. And so then it became, okay, I lost my job and I failed my comps. Am I even in the right field? Am I mm-hmm. even doing the right thing? Is this even, you know, should I be doing something else? Right. And so yeah. that's definitely followed me. And even still, when I got hired for my first, you know, my first true manager position with direct reports back in January, the whole first month I was like, my boss is going to realize I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. And he's going to be like, get out of here, uh-huh. you know? And then the longer you're there, the more you're like, I think I have a handle on this. I think I'm okay, you know, but it it just, it never stops. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when you're having sort of that moment of imposter syndrome or or episode, whatever we want to call it. Um, what does it feel like? Like, uh, what are the thoughts that you have? What is it? What's it like to be Heidi when that's happening? It's so wild because you treat yourself how you would never even treat your worst enemy. <laughs> you know, you're like, you are worthless. You can't do anything right. You know, you're, you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're never going to amount to anything. And it just like, it starts building. Mm-hmm. Right. And in, you know, and the littlest things just make it that much worse. So like, for example, if you are starting to think those thoughts and you accidentally knock over a glass of water, something you could do on any day of your life, but because it's on this day, you're an inept and you're a failure and you're stupid and see, you knew it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it just, it's kind of that the self-talk that happens is really unfortunate because like, like I said, you would never treat another person that way. Mm-hmm. Most of us wouldn't. Right. I've, no, met, true. I've, I've met, a, I've met a few uh, assholes that would, but for the most okay. part, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Most of us would. 
So uh, was your most recent uh, episode, was that your new job or has it have yeah. you had one since then or yeah? No, I think it was really the new job the whole first month. Just like waking up every morning and signing on to in, in to the computer and being like, is today the day he's going to realize that he made the wrong choice hiring me? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And has he come to you and said, I've made the wrong choice hiring you? No. No, that I've hasn't happened. I've got nothing but, but very nice feedback. Oh, good. Look at that. Okay. Good. And that, that helps, right? Like that helps too is like, oh, he's happy with this. Oh, he's happy with this. So, yeah. How, how do you cope when this happens? So like when you start to feel that whole, um, he's going to figure it out. Like I'm a fraud. Like this is dumb, stupid and dumb. Those are my favorite words to say is this is stupid and dumb. Like, and that's the only way that I can sort of mitigate my emotions. But like, what do you do to cope? Do you have techniques that you put into practice? Mm-hmm. Like what makes it better? One of the things that I think is super important is, if there's like a a situation like getting laid off that kind of springboards you into that, I think it's really important to like allow yourself some time to grieve. Like something terrible just happened to you, whether you, whether you feel it was in your control or not, you still have to allow yourself. Like I'm really big on like allowing yourself time to feel your feelings, but also like respecting that fine line between like, I'm not going to spend two months in bed. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I do at some point have to pick myself back up, but like, I think, so the day I found out I failed my comps, for example, um, I, I texted my boss and I was like, can I please have the rest of the day off? Cause I'm going to be worthless. Yeah. And yeah. he was like, yeah, of course. And so I think I took a nap. Um, I think I turned on Netflix and like, or played a video game. I can't remember. Whatever it was to like get out of my world, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Use a little bit of escapism there, you know, like um, take a bubble bath or eat a pint of ice cream, like whatever you need to do. Like, and and that lasted like the first few days. And then I was finally like, okay, I think I'm ready to collect myself and email my professor and be like, okay, now what? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So I think it is important to kind of, to do those things to cope. But the other thing that I really like to do to cope with, with all of it is I found that like volunteering and giving back helps tremendously for a number of reasons. So like I started working with a volunteer group that helps educators transition into instructional design Mm -hmm. and knowing how I am in my imposter syndrome, it's helped me greatly. Like I lost my job in this field. And then I was lucky enough to be able to find another, but what makes me feel even better is helping other people find jobs too, you know? Yeah. And I think that that volunteering, that giving back, it really does help because not only do you feel like you're, you're making somewhat of a difference, but you start to realize that you actually do know what you're talking about. And at first it's hard because, you know, I experience imposter syndrome with that too, where people are like asking me for career advice. I'm like, who the heck am I to be telling you, you know, what to do in your career? Like I'm nobody, mm-hmm. but then knowing that like, then when they ask specific questions, the fact that I have answers, I'm like, Oh, wait, I do know about this, you know, and just watching people that you've helped actually get jobs and actually be successful really does a lot mm-hmm. to help shut up that inner voice. Yeah. Yeah. That's, those are great ways to cope. Um, 
What would you say to somebody who is experiencing imposter syndrome right now? Um, definitely to, to feel your feelings, but also to like, to be nice to yourself, right? Like be, be kind to yourself and realize, I think what really kind of turned, turned my mindset around once I got laid off was that I realized that I'm the only one who can really put limits on myself. And yeah, there are some outside things that can happen, but if I decide that I'm not going to keep looking for a new job, I'm the one that did that. If mm-hmm. I decided to quit my PhD program after I failed my comps the first time, I did that to myself, you know? Yeah. And so realizing that like, really I'm the person that puts those limits on me. And if I don't limit myself and if I just keep going, then there's really not, there's really not much that, that you can't do, mm-hmm. you know, and you start to realize that and you start to find that out and it helps a lot. Yeah. Agreed. So I have one more question for you. Mm-hmm. And that is, why did you want to be part of this imposter syndrome project? <laughs> so that's hilarious because <laughs> when I first saw the bat signal, as I like yes. to call it, yes. um, my initial thought was, I don't think I should email Betty because I don't think that I'm the kind of person that people want to hear from about this. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, uh, Duh, Heidi. That's exactly <laughs> why you should email Betty because there it is right there, right? Yep. Like nobody wants to hear what I have to say. And I'm like, oh, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> well, there, there you go. Is. There you go. Well, I'm so glad that you did. And we so appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing your stories. Um, so thanks so much, Heidi. Yeah, thank you. If you like this series or any of the If You Ask Betty content, please go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash If You Ask Betty to learn how you can support this and future If You Ask Betty projects. And be sure to check out more episodes of the podcast series, I Have Questions About Imposter Syndrome. Peace out. Peace out.